Welcome to the Costello Coaching Podcast, where we talk about developing the human within the athlete. My vision is to enhance people's performance in all aspects of their lives. I hope you enjoy. And we're back with the Costello Coaching Podcast. I'm Tommy Costello with Dr. Stephen Frew. If you guys haven't heard Stephen Frew yet on this podcast, he's a double PhD in psychology and theology. He's done years of work and research and writings um, in the space of helping people grow. I think that's a very safe way to say it. Helping people grow individually, groups, high-performing CEOs, all, all, all the above. And uh, we're, we're honored and blessed to have his presence on this podcast. Today, we're going to be taking a look at, uh, can be complex, but we're going to make it simple, a term called personal authority and what we do with that and how we navigate that world. So, Dr. Frew, sometimes in this world that I'm working in, you come across real high-achieving individuals, um, elite-level performers, you know, whether they're Super Bowl champions, World Series, high school phenoms, college superstars. Um, I've had an opportunity to come across a lot of them. And what it seems to be is some of the best are very, very hard on themselves, you know, and they have these expectations that sometimes would be uh, maybe laughable for others. You know, you have someone who has the ability to say, throw 90 miles an hour. And that's so, wow, that's incredible. Look at that person. And these elite level performers almost chuckle. Uh Uh-huh. They only throw 90 or they can only do that. And not that they're looking down at them, but they almost don't respect everything that they can attain. And these, these individuals can be really interesting to work with because I have a personal philosophy myself. And, and you know this, that I've, I've worked really hard at developing this. And my personal philosophy is to stay clear on what you want, but be grateful for all you have. And I struggle with that. That's why it's my philosophy. I'm really clear on what I want, but sometimes I forget to be grateful for all I have. So anyways, today within personal authority, I want to really uncover what that looks like and, and kind of how we get there. Can you give me an example of, a, of a, one of the people you've coached or one of the people you've read about or know about somehow in athletics that that's an issue? Is it possible? Personal authority? Yeah. And it, would you mean that like deciphering um, what their authority looks like? Like they lack mobility? Yeah. They, 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 they kinda, get stuck. They get stuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll use myself. I'll use myself and identify myself and kind of kind of where I'm at. Um, with big aspirations, and I think I'm attracted to work with people that are of similar mind as me. And a lot of times, you know, actually there's an athlete that I've worked with um, and he wants to be the, the one of the greatest to ever play. And he, he's not joking around with that. Um, and he works like that. But he gets so frustrated um, when things don't go exactly how it would look by the greatest person ever doing it. And there creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of pressure and a lot of anger. And sometimes I think there's, there's a little bit of masking going on 
with that athlete. And I don't know how he's supposed to claim that. And I don't know how to coach it. So I let it transpire. I let it happen. And then we continue to move forward and work and work and work. Um, he wants to get so focused on the details of maybe the biomechanics and, and the training and the throwing and all of that. But I know when he creates this claim for himself and understands who he is and what he's capable of, all of those things will be secondary. So your one way to think about this is your personal authority comes up to his, what I'm going to call his lack of personal authority, his undue criticalness, self-criticalness of, of his self and his performance and what he does. Is, am I on it? Yeah, you're on it. Okay. So I had a client a number of years ago who amassed about an $800 million hedge fund, um, close to a billion dollar hedge fund, and uh, a very creative guy and very lively guy, and I liked him a lot. Uh, his... One of his issues was the close friend he had for 20 years, uh, he couldn't go out to lunch with him anymore because his close friend had a hedge fund that was worth $3 billion. And he compared himself negatively to what his close friend was doing, and he felt bitter and angry every time they were together for lunch, and he couldn't do anything with it. And so they, their friendship fell apart for a while. They eventually rescued the friendship. But the issue there was he couldn't celebrate his own success. I call that an authority issue. And the reason I call it an authority issue is because it has to do with claiming self, as you just said, with being able to say, I do what I do and I did it. What you've told me about coaching pitchers when you say you got that Buddha moment when the pitcher says, I threw two strikes, good. I threw a ball in the dirt. Okay, I threw another strike. When he gets in that place where he doesn't attach to either the ball in the dirt or the strike, it's just he mm. and the batter. Middle so, way. Middle way. And that's that's personal authority because you have to get let go of the entourage to do that. You have to let go of the coaching. You have to let go of the effect on the audience. You have to let go of everything you've ever learned. Yeah. Talk about entourage because this is a concept that we've worked really hard on. Yeah. And people might not understand what we mean by that. Okay. So, so let's say you start out, you're a giggly little infant, you're six months old. Everybody thinks you're just wonderful. And any, anybody who's listened to the podcast who has held a year old little boy in a sleeper before going to bed knows the adoration you give to that little child is just perfect. They smell good. They look good. They're happy. They love you and all that. You start out that way. Most of us start out that way. And then what happens is you get told well, you're not quite. Don't talk to your mother that way. Or, no, the teacher was right. You have to take the crap your teacher just laid on you at third grade. I know a guy well this way. The stuff their third grade teacher just laid on you because she had a bad night in her own family. You have to take that somehow. No, you don't. No, I don't like that teacher, Dad. Well, you're going to have to go anyway. You're not going to deal with it. We're going to go anyway and be good and succeed. So you get a lot of messages about don't trust your own sense of things in your own authority. You get those from church, synagogue, parents, teachers, neighbors. You get them all over the place, but you're not aware you're getting them. You're eating bad food is why I think. The entourages are those people who say to you, we're going to give you coaching. We're going to give you applause. We're going to get, we're going to actually help you succeed on your journey from two years old to 20 years old. We're going to give you everything you need. You say, wow, natural response is I want to please those people. They've been very good to me. 
And they have in one way. But the way that's missing often is you don't get to say no to those people or no, thank you. No, I don't want that particular kind of coaching. No, I want this kind of coaching. No, I don't play quarterback. No, I play end. I want to play end or I want to go over to baseball entirely. Whatever it is, you don't get to say no to them. And that entourage becomes a presence that is subtly informing your sense of yourself. And to the degree that you can't say no to what you want to say no to, it inhibits your mobility, your personal mobility. Your authority is about mobility, first of all. It's about being free, free to say, free to do, free to feel, free to create, free to be the human being that you are. That's, that's what authority is about. It's not like top-down. It's not like a position or a title. It's, it's more you're able to look at your entourage, be grateful for them, and know what you have to say no to, and know, and know, more importantly, how you're different than their images of you. So if the pitcher is, is a marvelous pitcher and unreasonably gifted, and he's still very difficult on himself... You can say he's got an image that exceeds his entourage because he wants to really impress his entourage. He wants to be better than anything they say he is. And what's that about? That's an idealization. That's a, that's a self-inflation, they say in psychology. But it isn't in the best interest of his individual growth, his individual presence. He'll be the greatest pitcher ever if he allows himself to not relate to what other people think about him being the greatest pitcher ever. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So if if you're not so tied down to the approval maybe of others? Yes. Yeah. And their shaping and their acceptance and their values. Their values. Don't you know how much we've invested it in you, son? I mean, don't you know what an opportunity this is? You don't want to let go of this opportunity. He may say, yes, no, I do. Those, those are true statements, though. You yes. know, and that, that's what makes this hard because like, people do invest and people do yes. support and yes. people go the extra mile to help people. So it's not about, you're not saying disrespecting that. No. You're honoring it and respecting that. But then where is the balance between, you know, being so... Against the grain? Yeah. And being with the people, being honored, being respectful, but also claiming your authority. How do you balance that? Right. I know a couple once that I saw for a couple of years, and she said that early in her marriage, she was married to a police officer, and he said he liked tuna fish sandwiches. And so she said every day for lunch, she gave him a tuna fish sandwich. It was fully a year into their relationship. One day, he's standing in the kitchen early in the morning, and he says... Uh, would it be okay if I had something different than tuna fish? And she said, I thought you liked tuna fish. Well, he was a year into getting tuna fish sandwiches every day. Can you imagine him not saying, hey, I'd like something a little different on the first week or month? So he was so constricted within himself. You can only imagine what he did in his family. And what he did with his personal choices about who he was. And that what you're talking about, that a lot of healthy families have good structure. So the good structure is, yeah, this is the way we do it. And that's good. You meet those people, they're polite, they're doing, they follow instructions. Got it. It's all good. We're not shaming that in any way. 
except that the individual has to retain their right to be an individual. And the family doesn't have to like it. The mother, father, sister, brother doesn't have to think it's great that he's going a different road. They only have to say, wow, you're going a different road. So I met a person once who switched from being a, one kind of religion to another. I think he went from being a Catholic to being a, a Mormon. I think it was, I'm not sure that was a long time ago. But it was a huge drama in the family that he wasn't following in their pattern. Yeah, and that can become a problem. It became a problem because they had identified their religion with meaning, ultimate meaning, and said, this is the way it works, and you will work this way with us. And he said, I'm good in how I work, and I'm no longer working in your context. I have a new context. Yeah, it doesn't make him right, though. No. doesn't. What's right? It's not in the court. Yeah. It just is. It just is. Like saying, I don't like vanilla ice cream. Like saying, I don't want a tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. Say, Mom says, well, you always like tuna fish, honey. <laughs> you say, no, I don't like it anymore. Where does that show up in the sports world? Well, I think that in the, in the coaching world that you know so much better than I do, that there's a lot of compelling. I listen to all kinds of things about coaches and a lot of compelling words that coaches use to inspire, uh, you know, and they, they, I've just read about a team that lost big and one of the players was saying what the coach had said to them, got them all really charged up and everything. That The problem there, that's good in one way, but another way, he's not necessarily listening to their genius or their wisdom about the best way to approach this game. He may be so full of himself or she may be so full of herself that she completely or cuts out the wisdom in the team. And then they go with what they believe in and then they lose big and they don't take responsibility for it. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Only way this podcast grows is if it's shared. So please share it with your friends, family, or anyone you feel like it can help enhance their performance in their life. A little karma goes a long way. Let's get back to the show. We were were working on yesterday helping a team and individuals create their vision and how the vision and the mission can be two separate but how they can both interplay. And when it comes to vision, it's more personal and understanding that you must grab authority and create your own vision for yourself rather than having someone instruct it. And I think that's kind of where you're going. Maybe in family dynamics, like uh, parents will create your vision for you. No, this is what a good life looks like. You make this much, you live here, you go to church, you do this, you do that, and you almost become a prisoner to that vision because that's what's been shaped in your head as what it should be. And I think when people are sometimes breaking the mold, it can be really uncomfortable. And I've gone through this myself because what am I doing? The biggest thing that was hard for me to figure out in the first 18 months of doing what I was doing was understanding that there was no pathway for this. I was not following a script and saying, oh, I want to be like that person or I want to do that thing or I want to go in this field. But in this struggle for me to grab personal authority over what I was doing and claiming what I was doing, to have it stand in a conversation, I call it the, the cocktail party. You know, I love that sometimes at a cocktail party, hey, what do you do? Well, I coach ball players. Oh, so you coach at a high school. No, I don't coach at a high school. 
Oh, so what do you do? Uh, well, I coach pitchers. Oh, so you give pitching lessons. No. Not exactly. Uh, Not exactly. Kind of. Yes. Exactly. Not so, exactly. And so defining for myself what I was doing was very important. And that was me creating my vision for what I'm doing. And then as I've built a team and built coaches and built people around me, it's understanding the mission. And the mission well, is to you build know, leaders. APs, he asked about entourage. The entourage partly includes your family and your coaches and all those people. Just think of it as an entourage. They love you and they adore you and they've tried to make life best for you. When you say what you just said, though, your loyalty is in direct conflict with your individuality. What happens is uh, you're seeing a pathway. You're saying, I'm seeing a pathway. Can you articulate it, Tommy? Not really. No, it's an emerging pathway. I'm not calling myself a high school pitcher coach. I'm not calling myself a this or a that. My reality and my genius is emerging. And people are responding. The people I'm coaching are responding. They're being very, very successful with my model. But it's still being revealed to me. It's still being opened up to me. I'm saying, wow. And I'm learning every day. I'm a learner. But the loyalty piece is, I don't want to insult my coach. I don't want to insult my dad. I don't want to insult my best friend who said, you ought to be this or you ought to be that. I've done that all the way growing up, but I'm not doing it anymore. And I love this note you make. Authority is not something someone gives you, a title of position. Though these are useful or practical in society, personal authority is something you claim. Like love. Like love. Amazing. Love is something you claim. It's not something you... Anybody owes anybody. And if you're doing something with true, and if you're love, doing something true, with joy, true love and true joy, I think you're going to perform at your best and use the, all the gifts that you have. So coming from a place of joy and love is clean. And that, that, by the way, to anybody who goes into the podcast, that is something you want to write on your hand and look at for the rest of your life until you die. Personal authority is something. Personal yes. authority is something yes. you claim. Over and over and over. And you got to reclaim it every day. And I'm you got to reclaim it every day. And the young man says, can I help you out, sir? I'm 85. I got a little back problem. I'm limping a little bit. No, you don't, you don't need to help me out. Thank you very much. I'm claiming my mobility. I can get out. I can use a shopping cart. I can take it out. I really don't want to yet be dependent on somebody else carrying my groceries. It's not what I want to do. There'll be a day probably when somebody else has to carry my groceries, but it's not today. So every time I claim it, I'm claiming what I want. I understand the kindness in that, but I understand the kindness in your parents trying to shape your life too. They're not bad because they want to shape your life. They're good. They want to shape your life because that's the life they know. That's their paradigm. That's their pattern. But not you. You don't have to sign up for that. And explain... And explain this gospel of Thomas. Thomas. It's not the Bible. Explain that. Yeah, it says, if you don't bring out what is in you, what is in you will destroy you. If you do bring out what is in you, what is in you will save you. Now, this wild prophet, he was called Jesus. This wild prophet said that. And... He said a lot of things that aren't in the, what we know as the Bible. And a lot of them are written down. They're called the Gnostic Bible. There's maybe a hundred Gospels there. Uh, he, he said that. What, if you don't let out what's inside of you, think of that. That's what we're talking about. If loyalty to your family keeps you silent, that'll kill you. 
one way or the other. Because you won't really be born. He used the concept of being born again. That isn't a go down the aisle and give yourself to a feverish kind of drama in some kind of a church. Being born again is really letting go of all of the paradigms and all of the patterns that have informed you up to this point. When Jesus would say this, he'd say, it has been said, but I say unto you, that's an interesting thing about this, because if it has been said by the people who've influenced you, something in you have to say, but I say. Something in you has to say, but I say. And when you say, but I say, then you're starting to bring out what's inside of you. I see it differently. Well, people say, well, so-and-so, this kind of person is a bad person. This kind of person is a good person. And you say, I see it differently. Over and over again. When my wife, when we walk past homeless people and my old style was that if you give them money, they're only going to buy booze. My wife never bought that about my crappy leadership attitude. She would go into the nearby fast food place and buy a bunch of meals and come out and give it to them. And she wouldn't explain or defend. She would just walk and do that because she has an open heart and she doesn't want to see anybody suffer. She didn't care what my theories were. And I learned not to care what my theories were. Really doesn't matter. If I want to give five bucks to a person, doesn't matter what they do with the five bucks. That was her point. So that's the bringing out what's inside of you, peace. And then if you bring it out, it, the part about it will save you because it's like loving who you love and you're standing up for that. What happens is something in you is released when you do who you are, when you love how you love, when you individuate the way you are feeling the need to individuate. Now, if you're in a coaching situation, you're going to have a problem with a coach who says, well, why want you to do it this way? And you can honor that. You say, okay, coach, I get it. Hey, coach, could we talk? I see this. If you're a good coach, hey, listen. Say, well, I hadn't thought of it that way. But that means you're on the way of being a coach yourself, probably, because you're using your natural genius to say how you see it. So you're utilizing what's inside, so you're utilizing yes. what's inside of you. You're bringing that to the forefront. And that's and you're bringing authority. That to the forefront. Because nobody is standing next to you saying, go ahead and say it, Tommy. Yeah. You're yeah. all alone in that moment. Gra Grabbing authority. Yes. Well, Grabbing authority. Well, that's great. I think there's a lot, a lot of good content inside there for people to digest. Yes, I do too. Well, we'll be back at it again next week. Good. Well, we'll, well be back at we it again next Can we just give week. the five ways, the five passes, path, pathways? You know, I, I just came up with these. They're just fun. One pathway is to know your no. We did a podcast go listen to it again is to know your no understand your no because your your yes means nothing if you don't know your no okay the second one is gain your voice you believe in your inner world your inner talking to yourself i don't really like the way coach coached me there i don't like the way my mother said this or that believe in that and 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 make it actionable hey mom i want to talk to you Hey, wife, I don't want tuna fish sandwiches anymore. Do it with grace and do it with dignity and do it with respect. But nevertheless, let the voice come, become you. Let it speak. Uh, the third one is know your standards. 
You're born with standards. You have standards now. You always have standards. They get suppressed by a culture, by a family, by a coaching situation. Know your standards and stand up for them. Uh, what's the fourth one? Know your why. Know your why. Know your why. why are you here? Why are you wanting to be the best pitcher in the world? Why? What's that about? What's that about? Really, what is it about? You want to be full of ego? You want people to bow down and praise you? You want to make millions of dollars? What is it? Because the more you delve into that, the more you'll understand something about yourself. It's probably not about all those surface things. I'll make a lot of money. I'll be adored. That's good. That's okay. Who, who doesn't want that? But there's something more deeper inside you that is deeper about exceeding what you already know about yourself and pushing yourself beyond that. That's a wonderful goal for yourself. So it's not necessarily connected to ego. It's connected to complete manifestation of the individual you are. And lastly, build a tribe. Build a tribe is one of my favorite things to talk about lately because uh, one of the things is you have had a tribe. They're your entourage. There's your family. There's your coaching staff. There's whoever. What one of the tasks of becoming a full uh, adult is to have a new family, is to have friends that can challenge you, that you can challenge, that you can mastermind with, that love you, that you love. It's, it's, it's building that over time so that you can count on each other to expect the best out of each other and this, most of all to express, ex, expect the truth teller in each other. Yeah, and I think that's where we've gained great progress uh, with my coaching staff yeah. is building that tribe yes. of truth tellers, yes. of open-hearted yes. men who want to help, who are claiming yeah. their own personal yeah. authority. We've talked about this. We've prepared for that dinner, but it's, uh, I think yep. that's why it was so special. And, and we got a bunch of other stuff in Great. future podcasts, you know, yeah. those pieces of yourself you've thrown yeah. away, how to get them back. We could honestly circle back to all these topics and go yes. head yes. deeper on, on all of it. We should do so that in dialogue It's really sometimes. good. Thank you. You and I. Yeah. Yeah. We can. Listen to the yeah. podcast and say Love how we to. go deeper on it. Thank you, Tommy. All right. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you benefited from this. Give the show a follow, share it, and comment what you'd like to hear more of so we can help more people perform in all aspects of their lives.